I did it. It's on. Can you feel the vibe? I didn't pass the vibe check today. (laughs) Morning. Welcome to Don't Feed the Artists. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. Hello. My name is Jackson. Why are we here today? (laughs) So I've been thinking really hard about this. I mean, it's going to be pretty clear what we're talking about. And I'm going to answer this first. There are four of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which Beatle are we? And I thought about this, and this is actually really upsetting to me. Adam is very clearly George Harrison because he doesn't really talk much, but he contributes a lot to the the podcast. So I think that's a really I'm glad, great. Glad you feel that way. I think I know why you're upset. Yep. Yeah. You know exactly why. <laughs> yeah. I can see I, I'm sorry, going, Hagen, though. but I think you're Ringo. That's fine. And Dave, I, I'm I'm very much that energy where I call my mom and go. I, I, I made a podcast, Mom. And she's like, that's so sweet, honey. It's I'll put it up the right other here one on the fridge. <laughs> uh, Dave, you're Paul McCartney because bass, but like regardless, not instruments, but it kind of lined up for you guys. Yeah. But like you're pr- definitely the most positive out of the four of us, I would say. I think so. Yeah. Like, so good. And, <laughs> yeah, and I really yo, appreciate that. You, that, that. That may have been the nicest thing you <laughs> that, ever said to Dave. That, that is... His face lit the fuck up. <laughs> Thanks, man. Finally, somebody noticed. And I really hope you guys are going to say, like, oh, you're just falling in this spot because there's only one left. But uh, I guess I'm John Lennon. Yeah. That, uh, do you agree with that? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. That was so quick. Well, at least I don't have to live that long. Well, I, I <laughs> the moment that you said that you were upset by it, I knew exactly why you were going to be upset. Because you wouldn't be upset if you were Ringo, right? Some people might be upset if they were put in the Ringo position. If I had a choice of which one I'd want to be, just based off musicality, it would be George Harrison. I don't know why I pointed at you, Adam. I'm sorry. I'm, that, we're not going to do that. It's not like we're going to do characters. But Yeah, I wasn't prepared for characters, if that's what we're doing. <laughs> I don't I, think you generally like doing characters. No, that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's do let's do an episode about what the Beatles mean to us as the Beatles. <laughs> You're a better singer than Ringo. Jackson though. can't talk then. Uh, I mean, I, maybe. I I I know that I'm a better drummer than Ringo, but I know that I will never have the uh, the ability to inspire a generation like Ringo. Throwing up some double piece signs here. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that that I. Uh, didn't expect it to fall in line as well as it did. And yes, I did come up with that on the car ride here. Um, other thing is, is I don't think we're going to talk about this, but uh, it will be irrelevant soon. But ABBA came out with a new album. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put $5 on the table. Five real dollars for... Uh, I don't fucking see it. If anybody... Well, if I bend down to get it, I won't <laughs> be in the microphone anymore. But I will get it out if you want. It's um, fine. So I'll just trust we'll, it. We'll, we'll talk about imaginary dollars. It's fine. Five real dollar dues, and uh, <laughs> not that Australian dollar that's like worth nothing. I'm talking about U.S. dollars. USD. Is, yeah, USD. <laughs> nice. For the first person who can say ABBA album three times fast. ABBA album. ABBA album. ABBA album. Okay. So it sounds like Adam's the only one who has. The uh, chance to win this. And he's five screwed because he can't say anything <laughs> fast. <laughs> dum, 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 dum. I don't know about fast, but album, 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 album. album. <laughs> nope, nope. All right, let's Couldn't back up. I'm gonna give you guys uh, another one. Obviously, it has to be Abba, re- album, Abba, 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 nope. Apple, 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 Apple. Dave, uh, I gotta stop smiling. Abba album, Abba album, Abba album. Okay, nice, Dave. Good. 
five U.S. dollars. I'm buying you guys lunch. What lunch? We're, we're going, going to McDonald's. Little Caesars. Hot <laughs> <laughs> ready. Here we come. That's all the That's best. Little Caesars, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's pizza, pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. I think it's just two. No, no it's, it's three. Because it, it used three. to be, uh, yeah, you would get three pizzas. Oh. Yeah. Which uh, I saw a great TikTok this weekend uh, about Little Caesars that it's the pizza of the proletariat and that it's a green flag that anyone who has uh, uh, hate for Little Caesars obviously hates poor people. So you, uh, you guys didn't get excited about that. I, as I, think I just accurate, don't actually. know that word you said. Proletariat. Yeah. It's a, th- it's a Star Wars thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> It's yeah. not surprising. It's actually a Dune thing. I saw yeah, that in theaters. Point. I don't know if you know that. I fell asleep. Did you? I was going to say, did you? <laughs> have you seen Dune yet, Hagen? I fell asleep. I mean, you've seen more of it than Adam has. That's not to the fault That's of the accurate. film. That's my fault. That's and a- my Adam fault. knows how to say the director's name. Yeah. Go ahead. Abba album. Abba album. <laughs> Why are we here? Is his name Quesadilla? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Adam. Why are we here? Oh, we're here to talk about the Beatles because there's a new, uh, very long documentary coming out on Disney Plus. By whom? Peter Jackson, who you may know from The Hobbit, or your childhood. Wait, wait. You may know Peter Jackson from your childhood. That that to me implies that he's your dad. I wish. <laughs> or, he's like the richest in New Zealand. Yeah, that's true. Or he's he was just hanging out like he was that creepy guy like who hung around yeah. school even though he'd already graduated. Hey kid, I'm Peter. <laughs> that was One, a really good New Zealand accent. <laughs> You sound like a Kiwi, dude. Oi, bruv. Oi, Peter Jackson. Ooh. <laughs> Can you name any other New Zealanders, Dave? Lord. Any more? I got you. Fly the Concords. There you go. I was gonna say that. That's the low-hanging fruit. We've got them all. Um, so Peter Jackson. Um, I guess we're we're probably here's our plan here. So we're talking about today the Beatles and kind of like what. You know, our experience with the Beatles is Beatles are is whatever. Um, it's it's a pun. It's it's not actually spelled like you know the bug Beatles. Did you guys know that? All right, and so thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. That's Great pretty much all you need to know about the Beatles. <laughs> 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 Wait a second, it's not what the Beatle like a, like oh, like no. a beetle, oh like never a mind. Bug? Okay, yeah. Did you just find that out? Yeah. Do you have a Beatles tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I'll explain why later, but okay. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. Well, to, to be fair, I got a Led Zeppelin tattoo and didn't know about John Bonham's squeaky bass pedal until after the fact. So, wait, wait a second. You wouldn't have gotten the 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 tattoo had you known that he had a squeaky bass pedal. I would have gotten the tattoo, but it would have been nice information to know. <laughs> yeah, they typically tattoo artists don't really say, tell you the yeah, whole history of your tattoo. I don't need the tattoo artist to tell me that. Never mind. They didn't run through like, hey, so here's uh, the environmental impact of the Dr. Pepper company whenever I was getting mine. They're just like, cool, that's cute. And then you found out? No, no, no. <laughs> that's just an assumption. That's why there's no letters on it. So. Right, right, right. The guy who was doing my bass cleft tattoo on my back almost put it on backwards. He put the stencil <laughs> on the wrong way around. and I look, He's like, you want to check it in the mirror to see the placement? And I was like... Hey, that looks the right side. Looks like it's right when I'm looking in the mirror. I think that's backwards. <laughs> he was like, shit. oh, my God, that's a close call. <laughs> that's God. funny. Ooh, very scary. Yeah. So we're here to talk about the Beatles and what they mean to us and just kind of talk about that. But the reason why we're doing that is because Get Back, the documentary that uh, Peter Jackson um, directed, is uh, putting out, uh, comes out this week. And uh, it's coming out. Uh, Adam, I don't know if you have 
the yeah, dates pulled it's out? It's coming out daily uh, starting on November 25th. So November 25th, 26th, 27th. Yeah. And they're both, they're all, all three are like feature length. Yeah. Th- these are uh, three movies coming out back to back to back. It, of course, Peter Jackson's style. It was not designed that way, but uh, it's going to be that way. Um, and we just thought it'd be a good time to, you know, talk about this. So we're not going to dive too deep into that, um, you know, get back the movie because we'll do that next week, I assume. Or we'll have a mental breakdown from watching six hours of, you know, one studio session. <laughs> And that sounds like an anxiety attack waiting to happen. Yep. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I think a lot of that does depend on how they choose to cover things or if they use this as a lens to look back at other things. But we'll find out in this a week. I'm just genuinely, I can't wait. I wish it was eight hours. Yeah, well, I'm excited well, for you're, it. You're in luck because it might be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, like, once again, not to get too much into it, but, like, I wasn't super on board for it. I love Peter Jackson, like, great director. Just, like, I love almost every single thing he's done. And... I saw this and I was just like, you know what? That's not up my alley, which we'll get into in a bit. But uh, I saw the first trailer they put out, which was like four minutes long. And I was like, okay, this actually looks really good and really interesting. I'm a sucker for any type of like music documentary, but especially like in the studio sessions, like uh, Between the Barry and Me, like I like Between the Barry and Me, but nowhere near the way you do, Hagen. And I wouldn't naturally be like, I want to, I wonder how their albums are made, but they have the best, like, I don't know if you would call those documentaries, but like, yeah, they, they're just under eight hours too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it covers one song. Yeah. <laughs> just covers them trying to find the right pedal tone. Yeah. <laughs> that shit's a nightmare. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll, we're going to be talking about the Beatles, what we think of them. Um, I personally, since I have the microphone, I didn't have one of those stereotypical uh, things that were like, Oh, my parents were like, we're playing the Beatles around the house and like singing the Beatles. I, I never had that. I didn't get to the Beatles until I think like late middle school, uh, when across the universe came out. Did anybody else have that stereotypical fair point for like a new introduction point for a lot of people though. It's not like to say it was weird that you didn't hear the Beatles before then. I think, I think that helped like kind of revitalize them in the, you know, younger generations or whatever you want to call it. I, I love that movie, but yeah, that still didn't get me into them. Yeah, did you have the like traditional? No, parents into no, it? my parents like country music, and I mean, you know, if the Beatles come on the radio, they wouldn't turn it off, and so I knew all the hits, but I never really got bit by the, the bug, the beetle, uh, the beetle, <laughs> <laughs> and no, it wasn't until much later. Yeah, anybody else? Uh, the, across the universe was when a lot of my friends got into the Beatles, but um, that wasn't that wasn't it for me. Uh, Dave, I, he's talking about me. I, um i spoke to my mom last night just like we were just talking about whatever and i I brought up this episode and and she was like oh we were a stones household and i was like we were (laughs) oh that's interesting yeah i was like i didn't know we were a stones household she was like well your dad likes the stones more than the beatles that checks out yeah he's a contrarian yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's a definite camp though i think i feel like most people especially at that time when they were both popular it was probably one or the other yeah, yeah which seems like I, I think we've talked about it on here at some point but it's such a dumb argument it's like these are entirely different bands yeah uh, i definitely well, and i hate that shit. Yeah. yeah yeah some you of that's like just like the the i guess mono like kind of mentality about like how culture was then about pop music and stuff it was right like you right. either were in or not um but yeah for me it was the stereotypical like my 
parents, mostly my mom, played the Beatles, and that's kind of how I heard stuff first. And I think got into it more like their later albums when they're less of, you know, the poppy, like, singles and stuff. Um, probably, like, towards the end of high school. Yeah, it, it's an interesting, for me, I had always heard their name, but just, like, as a kid, I didn't have the means of just going out and buying their uh, discography, which at the time wasn't easy to get. I mean, you couldn't get it on, uh, like, Apple, um, sorry, iTunes. Uh, you couldn't get it on iTunes. That that was a big deal whenever they, I remember, weren't you working at the Apple store whenever they put? I was, and we had to listen to the Beatles every day. When they put it 20, up on. <laughs> 24 hours a day, it played in the store, even when nobody was there. And, and was it one playlist? Yep, one playlist. <laughs> Probably 50 songs. It repeated about every two hours. So yeah, <laughs> oh, something like Jesus. that. And it went on for six and a half months. So that's like your Christmas music. Yeah, it was you worse, hear that worse than Christmas cringe. music. There, there's more variation in the Apple Store Christmas music playlist than there was in the Beatles one. Yeah, it was huge when the Beatles came to iTunes. It was, yeah, it was a giant deal. Like they, they had uh, like TV ads for people who don't remember. Like Apple paid for ads for the Beatles to be there and just promoted the hell out of it, which seems crazy now in hindsight because it's like I don't think that happened with well, when they came to streaming. So. It was, yeah, no, that's what I was about to say. It wasn't as big of a deal when they came to streaming. Like I remember, like there were a handful of people like tool coming to streaming and stuff like that. That seemed like a way bigger deal than when the Beatles actually came. And now it's just, yeah, yeah, you're right. There, there was a whole ad campaign behind that. Yeah. Where they, they married Apple with the Apple studios, right? Well, they, they had like a long standing history of lawsuits between the two because of that name. That's and, funny. And when Apple like came out with the iPod, it was like, Oh, you're in, for, in violation of our copyright that we have for, you know, Apple, the company for music. So there was a whole thing. I think, honestly, I think that part of that promotional like campaign was part of their settlement with them over the name, to be right. like, hey, whenever we do something with y'all, we'll pay the you know multiple millions of dollars and run ads everywhere. So millions? I'm sure it's, it's way probably more way than more. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what was interesting about it is I got into them the first time I watched Across the Universe. I did not know that it was a Beatles thing. Oh, interesting. I just thought it was a musical, and I was already into musicals at that point. And then somebody mentioned, yeah, these are Beatles songs. I think it didn't register to me until I Want to Hold Your Hand came on, which, like, even though I didn't listen to the Beatles, I knew that was them. Right. So that's such a strange thing to me because just because your parents didn't listen to it in the house and you didn't come across it that you wouldn't have known that. That's really interesting, though. Yeah. And, like, I don't think it's necessarily the worst way of getting into them. But that being said, even after that, I didn't end up going down the rabbit hole of like okay i'm gonna go buy their records listen to their greatest greatest hits that didn't come till i was in like i think it was my freshman year of high school they uh my choir did a like beatles all beatles show and i was like well i want to do a solo song um so i asked the art teacher that i would go hang out with uh during my break periods um i was like oh what's a good uh beatles song because he he was always playing like these indie rock playlists and i was like man i'll never listen to this cool music i listen to way better music now <laughs> but uh n no shame on him but um and he was like oh uh happiness is a warm gun is a really good song and then i went and i was like cool i'll buy the white album went to best buy got it and then i was like cool i'll do blackbird i can do that as a, like a solo song i tried doing happiness like on acoustic i was like this doesn't make sense uh and then from there i for about a year tried to really get into the Beatles and I, you know, it worked. I listened to them, but then 
after that, I was like, all right, I'm done with this. It's kind of like the same trajectory that like, I think most people have with the red hot chili peppers is that a lot of people get really into them. And at some point, most people kind of gravitate away from it that they're like, ah, that was a, uh, that was a time period. And now I'm done with it. And Hagen, I know you and I have a very similar feeling on the Beatles where it's just like, we don't dislike them, but we're not like head over heels for them. Yeah, I mean, I think to speak on to what you were saying about, like, same trajectory, like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think that for, I think, majority of people, and I could be speaking maybe too broad in this, but the Beatles are just part of pop culture. They're part of the zeitgeist. They're part of they're part of all the things that we know and love in the world, right? It's like talking about Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings kind of fits within that same boat. It's like it's been around forever. People know the one ring people know this story people know the beatles it's just 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 like you know these are things that just exist now so people uh know you know the songs and they might spend their time going down like a year of like exploring it and then they eventually are like cool i know it now and i'm gonna hear it for the rest of my life because it's never gonna go away um i i think that there's like such a powerful thing in what the beatles are in music but for me, <laughs> uh, like I said, a lot of my friends started getting into the Beatles more when Across the Universe came out. So I, I want to say I was in seventh or eighth grade when that came out. Um, I, I I don't know what what that would put you, but maybe maybe like sixth grade or fifth yeah, grade. Yeah, I think that like sound? sixth grade for me. Yeah. So um, I I remember. Uh, all my friends getting into it and i remember being a weird middle schooler who liked a lot of rap and hip-hop um and who liked started to like some kinds of metal like system of a down um and really hating the beatles <laughs> really just being like like oh, all my friends like it i don't like it then you know that sort of thing um and i never really like at that point had was like i'm not gonna try to fix this I, I don't see a reason so then cut to years later uh some of my best friends in high school like our senior year were like the white album's great and i remember sitting in the back seat of a car being like this is really good but for some reason i don't like it and i think it was still just that little shitty part of me that's like don't like this because it's popular right yeah so over the years i've like I, like I've grown to see a lot of amazing merit in, in their music. I still don't go about go and listen to it like frequently. I think that one of the craziest things, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but not only how much output they had, but also how different their output was. Also how compressed it was. It was yeah. eight years, basically. Yeah. From 1960 to 1970. Well, and, and those last <laughs> albums they worked on just as albums. They didn't tour to do the, anything. Because they couldn't. More yeah. than their last albums. Like, no, no, yeah, like the yeah, last like, four, yeah. five, maybe. Well, and consider the fact that, like, like you were talking about Adam, like the like the stuff after their poppy stuff, right? How many how many bands nowadays would have, first of all, enough albums to have a after their poppy stuff like right. period, it's, and also would have the ability to even do that? It's like mostly like flipped. Yeah. What, like so, an example, and not to shit on Tame Impala, but. Tame Impala is like they started off as like this like psych rock, and then if you look at their trajectory, they've gotten more and more pop. Yeah, and it, so it's typically completely flipped. But but to even take like to even take like someone who would like uh, any band to have even the ability to write music in this poppy catchy way like the Beatles did, and then go you know what let's expand and let's write music that sounds like this, or let's like go learn about Eastern music and let's go write music that sounds like that incorporates that. You know, it's like. 
first of all, that, that's a lot of confidence and ability. And yeah, everyone said yes to them, but like still the fact that they could go pull it off is something that I don't think anyone could really do now. Yeah, I had a very similar thing as you because when I was in high school, everybody had uh, like Led Zeppelin t-shirts, Run DMC t-shirts, uh, the Beatles t-shirts. I, mean, I don't know what company it was, but there was a company that just started re-releasing these t-shirts. Well, it's like Walmart has all these. Yeah. Like you can get a Led Zeppelin Tour 76. Yeah, or like sure. uh, Rolling Stones or Bob Marley. Yeah. And I remember being thinking the same thing because I was into metal and just kind of being like, I'm not going to listen to the fucking Beatles. Right. Because I also thought, well, why would I listen to something that – I know was so influential when I can listen to the stuff that it influenced. Shouldn't that be better? <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I feel. So, Not necessarily just Beatles, but right. Like... And then I saw Across the Universe that I was like, cool, that's a great movie, but I'm still not actively listening to the Beatles. And then I got a Beatles tattoo uh, because a family member had passed away. And like, long story short, around th- 13 people got the exact same tattoo in the same place in my mother's kitchen for my uncle. So it had nothing to do with the Beatles, but that still didn't peak it. And then it was, I had to learn a bunch of McCartney bass lines and I was like, these are great, but I'm still not really listening to the Beatles. It wasn't really until I got more into pop music and rock and roll that I went back and listened to them. And then it just opened up and I was like, this is fucking brilliant. It just, the songwriting is incredible. I think part of me, one of the I'm very much like Hagen, where it started off off as like a contrarian thing, but I've softened my stance. Like, I mean, like to this day, like there's things like whenever I'm sitting at home, I'll just play acoustic guitar while my partner is playing video games. And some of like my go to songs will be I Will by the Beatles, like just like good sing along songs that like everyone in the room can enjoy. Right. And they're like good, like they feel good to sing. Um, but that. Then there's also things that I've always, there's a couple albums that like people tell you, oh, you have to like this, like Dark Side of the Moon, Pet Sounds, uh, Sgt. Peppers, all three of those albums I don't like. And not in the sense of I hate them and they're bad, but in a sense that like, oh, these are fine albums, but they feel old to me. Yeah, I think I think that uh, one of my biggest hurdles with listening to the Beatles, and I don't know how I got over it with Zeppelin, but I sometimes still have it. And this is such just like a modern day issue uh, is sometimes I just don't really want to put up with shitty quality. Sometimes I just don't want to put up with it. Mono. Yeah, it's like it's it can be a little tough sometimes. Um, but I have a question that's a hard question for you, Dave, from something that you said. And I've heard a lot about the Beatles, and I'm, and I would agree to it. But what do you think makes their songwriting so good? And to follow up that question, uh, do you think anyone could write songs like them? Okay, so I think there's a couple of, um, <clears throat> couple of ways to answer that. Part of what makes their songwriting so good is the simplicity of it in the early popier stuff. Yeah. It's very basic. It could be like, it's very reminiscent of like the early doo-wop stuff. Just basic chord progressions and cheesy melodies about, I want to hold your hand. But then when they got more experimental. Hold. hold. (laughs) We're holding hands right now. (laughs) When they got more experimental, by that time they had George Martin with them and... They, I was researching a little bit on how much they actually knew about theory. The number that McCartney and Lennon wrote of songs together is somewhere around two or three hundred. Wow. And that's a lot of fucking songs to write with somebody. Yeah. So they're undeniably good at writing songs. Uh, harmonically, they didn't understand, they didn't really know the terms for all the theory that they were using, but they knew how to manipulate harmony. Yeah. So that's another thing. Nine times out of ten, if you if you try to write a song that has some cool harmony stuff in it, 
the Beatles probably already did it. Right. So there's an undeniable influence. Now, the second part of the question is, can someone write music like the Beatles? Yeah, because there's an, there are many, many videos on how the Beatles write music. I guess, I guess the thing is, is that like, um, not to say they were the first to write songs like that or no, use of course those not. chord progressions, right? Because we could go into a long conversation forever about how music is kind of just recycled it's in su- if you want to be a really depressed person, right? Right, and um, Bach <laughs> probably did that stuff before the Beatles. Right. But so I think the thing is is that there's there's got to be something that makes the way they did it special versus someone else, right? So like if someone else, let's, let's say uh, – uh, this week releases an album that is just like, wow, this is like simple chords and good melodies and whatever. It's not going to ring the same as the Beatles did. And, and, and the, the wonder, the question is why would that be? I think, so that's what I was about to say is that to answer your second part of that question, I think people are writing songs like them. And I think there are people who are doing it organically without like trying to be like, and I'm not saying like they're trying to do like some, 60s revival i think right. there are people who are writing similar stuff in a modern way but what made it so like and like i don't want this to come off as like taking away any credit from their achievements but like some of it has to be there is was less of a pool to pull from at that time yeah. period yeah. that like it was very clear they were great at what they did and so like the money got behind them the, they got all the attention yeah. whereas i think they're now there's so much tools accessible to people that i think a lot more people can write like them especially because a lot more people can access the beatles yeah and so i i think people are doing it they they i mean like i hear people who i'm like wow you have a spotless catalog but they are completely unknown and that's not like i'm not saying like oh poor us but it's yeah it's just I think there are people who are writing stuff like that now and will continue to. I think the flip side of that, without uh, the that's that's not music related, is their cultural impact. Yeah, which is uh, undeniable and is kind of related to the musical impact of just being the biggest name of the time and there being less, you know, in pop culture at that point in music. Right. There weren't as many artists that you would hear on the radio. There weren't, you know, obviously it wasn't like streaming type anything where you could just pick what to listen to. You had to listen to what was on the radio, right? So Yeah. But it was, but it was like, so I, I, like I said, I talked to my mom last night about some of this stuff and she said that, um, you know, when the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show, that was a huge deal, right? And one of the biggest things on television, where there was a rule, you couldn't move your hips because it was too, uh, like, sexually... Uh, uh, suggestive. Suggestive, yeah. yeah. So, like, having, like, Elvis on and having the Beatles on and having all of these things where like, it was, a, it was a, a big, not only a cultural shift, but an eye opening thing for a lot of people. Um, yeah. That was counterculture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like was, that was rebellion. It's and, crazy and, to think about now. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody who's younger than us probably goes Beatles are like the institutional music, you know, group or whatever. Yeah. And like, we're like me and Jackson are like contrarians. Like we don't like it. (laughs) But yeah, the, the British invasion too, like that, that first wave of that was so monumental. Right. And even now, like uh, my, an example of that for me is Kings of Leon weren't famous in the United States until they toured Europe and got big there and then came back. So it's almost like, because of the Beatles. If you're big in Europe, then you come back and it's like, oh, cool. There's yeah. tons of examples of that. I think yeah, it Cage happens all the, the Elephant. Time. I mean, obviously, Jimi Hendrix did it at similar time periods. So, yeah, definitely. It's huge. And, like, the the how big they got 
and the reason they had to stop performing was because <clears throat> the technology for live shows hadn't caught up to how loud the audiences were. Like, if you have you ever seen the, uh, I think it's O'Shea Stadium. Yeah, mm-hmm. that footage is unbelievable, and they can't hear each other. So they were like, we can't play live anymore. It's too dangerous, and it doesn't it doesn't work. Jesus. So then they started really experimenting in the studio, like you said, getting other influences from like uh, Eastern culture. They had the first sitar on a pop song. Yeah. That's huge. But yeah. because of how big they were, they were able to get away with those things. Again, like you were saying. Right, because what, what kind of like studio executive is going to be like, no, nah, you can't do that. Right. To the Beatles. Yeah. I, I don't know if there will ever be a band. Like if, if Coldplay, maybe, if they did something really, really experimental – Maybe they yeah, could get away with but it. But we just don't have like a monoculture anymore no. to that degree where it's like, well, you watch the Ed Sullivan show because that's the only thing on TV at that point in the day. Like, Yeah, I think I think that when it comes to it's it's more of like it's more of like like what the like what what their writing was like, you know, like it's I, I think that the biggest thing is like with with music for them in that time, it's 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 there's something about the way that these people performed and the way that they were like the way they wrote songs, obviously, but like, there's something about the way they performed it too. That was just so like, it was so genuine, right? Yeah. It was so, it was so real. And it, yeah. It the, came across that it was their own songwriting, yeah. I think, which is yeah. a problem with, I don't say, I wouldn't say problem, I guess, but like a more a common thing, thing now is, yeah. you know, somebody else is writing the popular songs, generally speaking. Right. Like your Max Martins and right. people like that. Or, 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 or even not like people knew, but like even your Elvis's, he didn't writing. write a single song. Right. Yeah. Songs. yeah, and there was no like genuine like nature to it. Yeah. They and they were best friends and they were all very competent at what they did. Right. And on top of it, they had most of them had this really great chemistry and, and outside of music, like watching Lennon and McCartney joke and jab at each other, it's just like, man, you guys are so quick witted and that helps so much. I mean, you see those like press conferences they would do. <laughs> do you think Ringo's the best drummer in the world? I, actually, I don't even know if that was a real, a real thing that was said, but it was someone asked if Ringo was the best drummer in the world, and the reply was Ringo's not even the best drummer in the band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So that helped a lot. I mean, like if they were guys who just came up there and just weren't talkative and weren't funny, I mean, it, it wouldn't yeah. have worked out for them. But they were extremely inventive and creative when they did like in that later stage in the studio. Yeah. The the McCartney 321 or McCartney 3 or whatever it is. That 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 documentary with Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney talking about how they recorded. They isolate some bass and drum tracks in some of the songs and it's like you, you don't hear it that way. Right. And it's unbelievable that they got away with some of the stuff that they did. Yeah. Yeah. It's it it really is just one of those things where it's like I I think about the Beatles some like 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 I'm saying like I've been saying I just don't understand how like you know so and I'm not trying to be an asshole but like like what they did in some sense was revolutionary and so in some sense it was like we've heard it before but it was it was just the way it was framed I think in so many ways it was like like you said taking those doo wop songs and putting them almost like in a poppier way is like it's a it's a way of framing these ideas that maybe someone else was doing in a way that's like this is awesome and the singable melodies the harmonies it's like you really can't trade especially the harmonies like especially like the vocal harmonies that's a, a winner forever but especially like back then uh harmonies were like i mean like that was like what people did for fun sometimes was just sing together you have to wonder if the beatles never were a thing if there would be another band that we'd be talking about right now in the same way if it is really chalked up to like somebody saw the talent and was like cool we're gonna propel this one 
You have to want well, that. Yeah, because there is a big, I would say a big part of this is like the right place, right time kind of thing of that just, it happened to be that they were writing songs at the right time and it was the right time in culture where there wasn't, you know, too many options and then nothing could really catch on like it did. So, Well, uh, I, I should have gotten names, but again, the conversation I had with my mom, she said that she was listening to other Beatles-like bands. Like she was listening to like the smaller, like, I think she's, I, I'm not, I don't want to. The, the monkeys. Beatles? Yeah, yeah, the, the monkeys. The American Beatles. Yeah. I, I think I heard one of the names <laughs> was like show. the Fred Freds, but that seems wrong. Um, <laughs> the Fred Freds. <laughs> Uh, but like, but like, I mean, all the the bands. Yeah, like, yeah. like the bands, the the bands existed who who could have fit within that mold. But I mean, the Beatles also worked their ass off. Like, it is right yeah. place, right time. But they also worked their ass off before they got to the place where it was right place, right time. There's a great chapter in, uh, I think it's Malcolm Gladwell, uh, who did uh, Outliers. Maybe that's not Malcolm Gladwell. I think it is. Okay, I'll look so. It up outliers uh the book there's a, a whole chapter on the ten thousand hour rule that like oh you're not te- you're never a or not a um an expert or a professional until uh you have put ten thousand hours into your craft whether that is your uh a pilot for an airplane whether that's a surgeon and the big example he uses is the beatles and using hamburg germany when they cut their teeth of just playing non-stop gigs was when they if you did the math for how long they did that, I think they were there like three years and how many gigs they were playing a day that they got 10,000 hours on their respective craft of covering songs, playing their instruments, playing live, uh, and then starting to write uh, some of their other stuff that, that they became, you know, experts before they even came over to the U.S. So yeah. it definitely, they worked their ass off for sure. So I, one question I had, and not the is anybody going to write like them? But do you guys think that there will be ever, and it doesn't have to be like right now, like in the future, it could be a hundred, 200 years from now. Do you think there will ever be a band similar and like, it could be a single artist. It could be a Lady Gaga or something In terms of like like impact or? Yeah, impact wise. Like I think the closest thing you could have is something like BTS. That's that's who I was going to say. But even then, I don't think that's. I think think that uh, the closest thing that we would have now, if we can change the rules a little bit, would be Lil Nas X. Maybe. Can you explain that? Cultural impact. Okay. Uh, um, kind of just being their own person, uh, and 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 like being uh, upsetting the older generation. <laughs> yeah, upsetting the older generation, and also, but also bringing in something like new and fresh that we all can enjoy. I mean, like like Old Town Road was yeah a, a, a fucking hit, and I think people are starting to forget that he did that song because of his album and because of what else he's like perpetuating now. And it's like, it's even the bigots loved it. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> and it's, so it's like that. thank you billy ray cyrus well and like that's a great example because like the, they talk about that like uh whenever uh they were burning the beatles merch after the bigger than uh jesus comment like well y'all already had the merch so that just says that yeah, yeah. it was yeah. crossing lines yeah I, I and now i think that like uh, in terms of like a band being that way i think that it would take it would take like a somewhat of a giant step back in the way that music is created now yeah not like not like in like technology maybe in some sense of technology but i mean like you were saying earlier jackson it's like there's just a lot of bands now right but you know the fact that it's so now people sometimes are touting like oh so and so just broke the record beat the beatles record of 
uh, more CDs sold. It's like it took 50 years for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, almost every year now you hear that these records are now getting broken again and again and again. And there's also like I, it it's died down a lot now. But I remember, uh, kind of in my middle school and early high school years, there was always that this is the next Beatles. The most, uh, you know, popular example was I remember when the Arctic Monkeys were coming out because they're they are from Liverpool. And they were this rock band and people were kind of like, there was all this buzz around them that they were like, oh, this is the next Beatles. So much so that I didn't, I didn't find uh, Arctic Monkeys myself. My mom is the one who told me about the Arctic Monkeys because she read some, she read some article like probably in the New York Times saying this is the next Beatles. And so she pre-ordered their CD and uh, we listened to it together. And my mom was like, oh yeah, I like this. I mean, like, I don't love it, but I like it. And I was just like, holy shit, this is good. Yeah. And yeah, it's just one of those things where that, that has such clout around saying the next Beatles. I, I don't think that uh, the craziest thing to think about is how many bands wouldn't have happened if the Beatles hadn't been a thing. Like, I don't think we would have had Radiohead. Absolutely not. You wouldn't have Paranoid Android without yeah. um, Happiness is a Warm Gun. Right. Yeah. Same structure. Like... I, I, sorry, no, I won't no, talk no. about that song. My bad. No, I, no, no. I, <laughs> I'll go I, on about it for a while. Well, we we definitely wouldn't have had Nirvana or Dave Grohl or the Foo Fighters. You wouldn't have had any of that stuff. Um, yeah, I think I think that it, it it's gonna take like it's gonna take a really special not a special like it's gonna take something crazy to happen in the industry for us to see something as big as that again. Whereas this one was so organic. Like, yeah, the Beatles yeah. was so organic. Whereas like this one would have to be like such a like, you know, I don't know. The statistically it's not going to happen in the it, same way it, it might be ai well yeah. I, it could be it, yeah the next beatles could be literally the virtual beatles it could be, <laughs> right. it could be a hologram Which, of yeah. the those holograms are getting crazy but they're still not man th- that reminds me of the uh what's that um hitchhiker's guide and it's uh-huh. like what's the answer to the universe but let's flip this around of like okay we've made this intense ai and they're gonna write the best song ever and they just come back and they're like we tried it's the Beatles, guys. It's a, Be- it's a Beatles. <laughs> Sorry, we tried our best. Like you, you did really good developing me. I mean, we're gonna enslave you all, but like it's the Beatles. The AI comes back with like a Liverpool accent. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 something that I is kind of like I think I'm sure for some musicians is like their ultimate dream is to write their Beatles kind of song. And I'm sure for like some for some industry person, it's like they just they're just looking to find the next quote unquote the next Beatles. And it's like I, I mean I would love to hear like what Paul McCartney thinks about if there's going to be a next Beatles. I'm sure he'd be like he's so positive. I'm yeah. sure he's going to be man. I hope so. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he'd say like yeah, I I I, I bet there will be. But he's like, going to say some shit like it's Nirvana, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's it's just such a it's such an interesting idea to think about like what all goes into the Beatles because I think that their songwriting was a big part but I mean it was more than just it was it was it was it was their it was their songs and their culture the clothes everything what they did to all of it is what made the Beatles who they were. Well, and again, it was the individual like people too. It wasn't yeah. just like oh they're good at writing songs. It was like they're good at the business, they're good at the marketing, they're good at all aspects of it and kind of being on the same page of each other and and going down the same paths and like going that weird direction in the studio after they stopped touring for example they all were obviously on board of that and that's why it's so good yeah yeah very well, true i think this conversation is organically wrapping up did anybody have any final thoughts on the beatles 
If not, I thought it might be a good idea to just kind of go around the circle and, you know, say what's a favorite song, favorite album, whatever it might be. Favorite era of the Beatles. You don't have to be super specific. But for me, uh, it's Happiness is a Warm Gun. That's their best song, in my opinion. I love it. It's like, if you've never listened to it, I'm sure you have, but I'll just go ahead and explain it. It's got this, like, really kind of, like, it's this three-act structure of uh, a song, and it was notoriously difficult to uh, put together in the studio. And, like, apparently around that time when they were doing the White Album, they had a lot of tension. That's when things started to kind of feel, like, frayed. And uh, they accredited that song as, like, a, oh, that really brought us back together because we couldn't have done that without all sitting there as a band figuring it out together and you can kind of feel it in the recording that they really had to stitch this song together and like i think it has led to some of my favorite songs as i said if you listen to paranoid android by uh radiohead it is very much in the same vein where paranoid android has that same three-act structure and it is just like i mean i i'm so glad happiness is a warm gun happened because like I think Paranoid Android probably perfected it, and it's just a similar thing where, like, Radio had had similar issues putting together that song in the studio, and it's, like, it almost mirrors it perfectly. Dave, do you have any? Yeah, mine would be uh, the song Something because of just every every aspect of it. But lately in particular, I've, I've heard uh, McCartney's isolated bass line, and that's a, a great example of, like, I didn't know he was playing that. I mean, I had an idea, but, like, when you really hear it, it's like, this doesn't this is not how you play for, for a ballad. (laughs) And then you hear it. It's like, it, fuck it. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everything George Harrison did, almost all of the songs he wrote were like, you know, flawless. Yeah. I think he has like, yeah. Yeah. I think you can see that too. in his like, you know, solo career after the Beatles where it's like, his is easily the better of all these, you know, solo careers that happened. So I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have a favorite song. I think the White Album is probably the one that I could, like, if, if someone was like, we're going to put the Beatles on, let's put the White Album on. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, this I think that's, that's the best go-to yeah. album. The yeah. biggest uh, skip on that album is that Bungalow Bill song, though. Or what is it? Buffalo Bill? <laughs> I think it's Buffalo. <laughs> hey, Buffalo Bill. Okay. Yeah. I think it's Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. it's not, not Bungalow. <laughs> but that, it, it that would just as a, easily work. It could have been a name. Yeah. That, that song gives me a headache. It feels way too cheesy. <laughs> I, think, I think that also, like, if I, if I had to say a favorite song, uh, I mean, there's a lot of songs that come to mind, but, like, Helter Skelter is just one that has, like, such a, like, yeah. the, the influence from that song to like not only music but the rest of the world and that's like what like charles manson used as an example of like his craziness is like there's like look at this beatles song that is that is uh well it was it was like no, I know, th- yeah. yeah helter skelter is evidence that there, there's a race war happening and all it's like dude <laughs> uh but like that's the kind of influence the beatles had which is just crazy to think about Adam. No, I, I would agree with the White Album just in general. I'm really bad about picking favorite songs specifically, but I think for the most part that album is just it could work as like a oh if you've never heard listen to the Beatles, you should go listen to this album. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really as a greatest hits, but like a you know this is it. I'm really glad. I mean, Dave, you didn't say the White White Album, but like for the most part, it feels like we're agreeing on that. I, I'm shocked nobody said Sergeant Pepper's, and I'm I'm glad. Like that, <laughs> actually, if I had to pick album, that might be mine. Yeah. Only because I really love the idea of a band that far into their career going, let's write an album as if it's a different band, right? So as a, yeah. as an exercise to get away from the Beatles. I think it's a more interesting album, but it's not as re-listenable as the White Album is. Yeah. Well. With that, we'll wrap up our thoughts on the Beatles 
for one whole week. For yeah, for now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then we'll uh, get into it next week. If you want to follow along with us, watch some or all of Get Back, the documentary. It'll be on Disney Plus. I'm sure it will fall off the uh, truck in the internet somewhere, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, come join us for that ride or watch us lose our fucking minds. <laughs> um. We're yeah. going to do a six-hour episode. I was going to say, we <laughs> promise that it won't be as long as the documentary. I will not do that. Yeah. Um, y'all want to talk about what we're listening to? Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, any, any, somebody else goes first. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, uh, Dave and I went to Andy's to go see some friends play, and the headliner was a guy named Buffalo Nichols. Um, he, uh, the whole night was full of solo performers, um, and he, like – is just and like one of the best solo performers you can possibly see. I, th- I think um, he is like this weird, like the, people call him a blues artist, which I think is like relatively true, but he has like, he's like a folk and Americana shredder. Like yeah, he, he can play bluegrass. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever heard bluegrass played that well live while he's like singing like a beautiful folk song. Yeah. Um, what he did with the slide, the resonator guitars, he killed all of it. And then he had like a little like pedal that he would hit. That would basically be the bass drum. Um, plus like the work that he had on his pedal board with like four sounds and effects was just next level. I don't know if I've ever been that blindsided by a, a performance. Yeah. It was just so like cool. not expecting it at all. Like, oh, this guy's got a lot of pedals and a cool guitar. Yeah. Let's hear this. And his voice could go from sounding like he smokes five packs of cigarettes a day to like a bird. Yeah. It, it was, was great. It was so cool. It was so cool. <laughs> and 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 he he like he he talked a lot to the audience. It was really really nice. Um, and he he introduced a song. He was like, this this song's not on the album that I just released. And was it after the song that you were like, is like, it going to be, gonna on? be on the next album? <laughs> <laughs> he's like i don't i'm glad you asked albums are expensive as hell and i'm not releasing another album until i pay this one off yeah. so you can buy eight of those vinyls yeah. there. and i was like how about not any of them <laughs> it's okay i bought one yeah you bought one <laughs> and a fucking record player mm. that's what i'm listening to dave uh, uh adele's 30 uh-huh. it's a good one if you are interested in adele and like well-crafted songs, but it's kind of slow. It's I was an Adele say it. album. It's yeah. an Adele album. It felt slower though than the previous albums to me. I, yeah. I haven't like given it like an actual like good listen. I just heard it in the car the other day. But yeah, it, it's yeah, it's not quite as what I was expecting maybe. But I think I also you know we built it up probably. Yep, because of the hype. Um, and I watched that one night only or whatever it was that where she did the Oprah interview right. and then did a live performance, and she sounds so good. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I've been uh, listening to. I said I would do it last week. And I followed through, listened to Idols all week, and uh, their new album, it's called uh, Crawler, and uh, I hope I got that right. Uh, And I really like it. I I definitely agree with some of the reviews that I saw after I listened to it that Idols was getting to the point after their LP Ultra Mono where it's like, I love that record. But it was very clear that they needed to start shaking it up a bit because how much could you do with what they were doing? They got three albums out of that style and they did it on this album and i wouldn't say it's perfect but i really enjoyed it there's some really like the single they released the the beachland ballroom is like this like punk like soul song and it's just crazy yeah um, i listened to it too he sings is that him singing on some is. of the tracks yeah it's him singing on all yeah, it's, it's, it's well yeah like, but like <laughs> i was just like is this really the same guy yeah <laughs> whenever i saw them live and they started to play that song i was like he's about to fucking biff it this guy is not gonna. <laughs> he's not gonna nail it. How do you do? He did great. 
it was like shot. I, uh, when you listen to it on the record, you feel like, Oh, I can kind of hear the pitch correction, but I don't think it is. Like, I think it's just like, I don't know that he's just somehow found a pocket and hopefully he can preserve his voice for a bit longer than I think he will. Um, cause he just so like, he strains so hard. It feels like a Dave Grohl thing where it's like, man, you right. got it good. You need to learn. You got to learn, but and like Dave the ha- hall never learned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's still trying. Yep. But I really like the album. Um, so if you're an idols fan, definitely go try it out. They're, they're kind of, it's a new approach. It's the same band, but new approach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been listening to parcels. Uh, they put out a double album. Uh, this is the band that was produced by Daft Punk in the past. Uh, it's called day night. Uh, it's also kind of like the idols album. It's a little different direction, but feels related. Uh, a lot more of that, like Daft Punk kind of production feel to it, even though I don't know if it was produced by them or not. Um, but it's very long. I'm not going to pick it as my album of the year for that reason, because I don't think you guys want to listen to it, but I think it's pretty great. Thanks. So. Thank you. <laughs> if, oh, if you like that kind of music, though, I, if you like Daft Punk, I would check it out. So uh, I watched the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction thing. It's on HBO now, and I was like, man, I wonder what how much of Jay-Z's discography is on Spotify. And all of it is. I didn't know that. So I also started to listen, I listened to it. After he sold title, 44 record. they put it all everywhere. Yep. <laughs> I didn't know that. I missed the boat. Well, cool. Anybody have anything else they want to add? No. That's great. Well, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> we really appreciate you guys being here. And uh, um, I hope that you have now reflected on the Beatles for yourself. Uh, I think that thinking about this episode a lot, I was just like, uh, you know, I don't I don't think about the, Be- the Beatles very often, but it, it was nice to just kind of self-reflect on my thoughts on the Beatles. And because, and, I mean, they, they are just, they're a once-in-a-lifetime band. So Yeah, and if they're your favorite band, if we said some stuff that you're like, ah, oh, Jackson said he doesn't like Sgt. Pepper's, I mean, fuck me. You, yeah, it's your exactly. favorite record. You don't have to listen to me. Yeah. In the same way, like, I love, you know, Lingua Ignota, where I'm sure none of y'all are going to like that if you like the Beatles. So These or are like, just there, our There opinions. are people who hate Radiohead, for example. They exist. No, there's not. <laughs> I was one of them, but, you, but I mean, it's, it's been proven that it can change. So <laughs> it's very easy. You um, just have to see them. <laughs> yeah. So thank you guys so much for going down this journey with us. Uh, if you haven't already, please hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever app you're using. It does help us out a lot. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a little five-star review. Um, I think one of our hosts has left us a five-star review. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Was it me? Yeah, it was you. What did I do? I can't remember now, but <laughs> it was I was a while ago. I was, I was checking it says, the... It says something like, this show is great. Everybody should listen to it or something like that. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> uh, Signed, yeah. like, not the host of the show. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think, like, I think totally it's from... Totally not the host. I think it's yeah. from Axe John. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> that guy sounds nice. It's a cool name. People should call him that. So, uh, so yeah, please leave us a five-star review. If you haven't already, that would be awesome. It does help us out a lot. You can follow us on social media, too, DFTA podcast don't feed the artists um and please uh like jackson mentioned last week you can dm us please dm us your uh favorite albums of the year uh we would like to listen to those consider those and we will call them out if you uh send them to us we really appreciate that you can also email us um at dave cold brew uh <laughs> at don't feed the artists.com uh we're, so by the way, we're we're recording that end of the year episode probably like mid December. So like, don't don't sleep on that if you yeah. want a shout out. Yeah, yeah. Or or if you just want us to yeah, consider or if something, something right? that you you know think that we haven't talked about at all and may not know. Yeah, is yeah. Out. Um. So yeah. So thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And fuck off.
Give me a towel. I got blisters on my fingers. <laughs> I'm not saying it. 